0: Well, welcome to future dogs podcast. I'm your host, Hadram Mizani, a chief clinical officer here at AC medical and a family physician. We also invite you to watch the video version of this podcast by visiting youtube.com forward slash AC org. This is a very special podcast session for me. Our guest of honor today is Dr. Tanya Platero, she's here for our part two of our two-part interview with her. Dr. Platero is a member of AC Medical, and she matched into pathology PGY-1 categorical position in the 2021 main match. She graduated from uh, University of El Salvador, faculty of medicine, and again, as a co-author in nine publications. Dr. Platero, welcome back, and congrats on being two thirds of the way through your PGY-1. Oh,
1: thank you so much, Dr. Misani. I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm really excited to to have you here. Well, last week in episode 57, you enlightened myself and all of our Future Dogs podcast followers about all that led up to your pathology match. And today we're discussing your post-match life as a pathology PGY1 resident. So changing the hats. So just like constructing a house. We like to look at the entire ERAS prep, U.S. clinical experiences, the interviews, and the main match process is is like the the blueprint for a really great residency foundation. So now that you've firsthand experience, you know, with what's expected of you daily as a PGY1, what are you really glad that you overemphasized? when compiling your ers application package during your interview what are you really happy that you did
1: my hands-on
0: experience
1: it truly helped me i uh, matched during this time of you know going from like in person to all virtual so i could secure one observation that was like hands-on and it was great because it gave me a real sense of what I was going to be doing as a PGI one, what I was going to be doing on my daily life in most of the aspects that I do now at work. And the academic part, I would say that's emphasized on the virtual experience, which is still true. I mean, I still have to, to study a lot. I still have this one-on-one sessions with my attendings, but i'd say the hands-on experience was uh the best thing and actually one of the things that i was asked a lot uh during my interviews as well
0: now, how did you know you even wanted to be a pathologist
1: well when i was in med school uh, i was recovering from a, like a medical leave that i had during med school and i Coming back, I felt, oh, my God, I'm falling behind. I felt, right, oh, my God, I'm falling behind. What can I do? So I was having my uh, pathology, first pathology course in medical school. And I remember my uh, mentor, like a sign mentor, was a pathologist. And, like, he was such a great teacher, not only, like, in a personal way of trying to help me improve as a medical student, but also, like, I could see him so passionate about his job about what he did about teaching. And I was like, "Oh man, I want to be like him. I want to be as happy as he is. I want to learn what he knows. I want to do what he does." So I thought I need to get more experience in this field so I can really say, "Okay, this is what I want to do." But that's that was my first step in pathology and oh my god, I love it. So it's been great.
0: How does pathology residency differ here in the United States versus El Salvador?
1: Well, here we do APCP training, or most of the programs do APCP training, which means anatomical pathology and clinical pathology, right? So we do hands-on like dealing with specimens, microscopes, and then clinical pathology, which is like heme path and blood banking and like transfusion reactions. And in my country, we don't have that second part, clinical pathology, it's actually, spread out between specialties the hematologist does it internal medicine does it so and running the blood bank actually it's like whoever in the specialty has more uh, training does it back in my country so i thought that was a very you know, unique thing that they have here and uh, that's one of the main differences of training back home and training here
0: so tell us about a day in the life of a PGY1 in pathology, please?
1: Okay, so that's a difficult part because we usually have a three-day or a four-day cycle, which means our days are, like, changing. I would say my first day is my either grossing day, so I spend most of my day in the grossing station uh, learning how to cut specimens this length broadly speaking like how to handle specimens that come uh like colon resections, uh, stomachs or e- e- like e- any specimen that comes to the lab so i learn how to gross it how to give the best measurements and how to show it the best right then it's my frozen day which is uh i'm like running to the frozen section room and interacting with the surgeons and with, of course, my attendings and learning how to free sections and to give interoperative consultation to different specialties. I mean, could be oncology, ENT, breast, GI, all the specialties, you name it, uh, neurosurgery. So, we do this like frozen section day and uh, that's basically our day. Then... It's sign out day, which is two days where we are focusing on uh, being in the microscope, learning the patterns, learning about diseases. How do they look? How do they differ? How do they present? And it's two days because, like, most of our training needs to be in this area, of course. So it's biopsies versus like big specimens, we call it. And then the cycle repeats.
0: Okay. Now, this is happening right now, like, as a PGY1. And so one of the, the things that comes to my mind right now is we we speak with a lot of international medical graduates that believe that, well, pathology is easier to get into. I, I disagree with that, right? I, I've always disagreed with that. and And partially because of what you just explained, you're having to interact, I mean, you know you're having to interact with so many different specialists, right? So communication is key right communication is key and one of the things that you initially said was your your clinical experience in the united states in pathology was a was a great determinant and so i think i guess my takeaway message from what you said is you know people are going to hit you're going to hit the ground running and expectations are going to be incredibly high of of a pgy1 would that be correct
1: yeah i think and i would share my very first day like after, you know, getting to know all the residents and all that, and like touring the hospital, my upper level told me, okay, so PGI ones are in charge of picking up the phone and answering calls from clinicians. And I was dead cold there. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say? <laughs> right? Because I thought, oh yeah, I'm just going to look under the microscope myself too. I thought that too. So looking back, thinking, oh my God, I have to learn so much about what I'm going to ask, what I'm going to say, because people want something from me, some information that it's important. And I need to know this in order to communicate it better. So that's one of the things, the key things that I learned. So I was like, okay, communication is key. And it's a lie when people say, oh yeah, pathologists are like lonely people who just sit in their office and like do not interact with anybody. Well, I don't know what kind of pathologist does that, but <laughs> <laughs> I am for a hundred percent sure that we do not do that.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, without getting you know, into two specifics, what has been the most challenging part of your pathology residency, which you've overcome?
1: Okay. The most challenging part, I think the communication. <laughs> because for me, I I think I told you uh, before. I'm an introvert with some like features of an extrovert. So when I'm in the right setting, I'm okay. I feel good with myself. But when I'm like in an uncomfortable, unfamiliar setting, I'm like, oh, I freeze. So with the right guidance and of course my great upper levels where they're helping me, like it's okay. It's your responsibility, but let me guide you how to do it. So it was great for me. It was that challenge of me speaking up and of course trying to learn i tried to another thing that happened to me was like i wanted to be better you know at public speaking because i get like shy and do not do not know what to say or like free sometimes i was like okay i'm gonna overcome this i talked to my mentor and she was like you know the best way to avoid getting this is Putting yourself in that situation, so I've been volunteering to teaching medical students, and that has helped me a lot too.
0: And now you're interviewing uh, with Future Docs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, tell me what I'm like, I'm really curious to to know what that. Do you remember the first phone call that you received from a clinician uh, oh, as yeah. a what, what What tell us what that was.
1: I was scared my upper level was there so she was just there she already told me what to ask but i was like scared like sweating cold and just be like oh this is tanya and they were <laughs> like i'm uh, talking to the uh pathology lab and i was like oh yes yeah this is the pathology residence room so i was like learning even though i have heard her before even though i know that i was like oh yeah yeah uh, yes this is the pathology residence room uh how can i help you and then was like yeah we have this specimen from xyz uh as, you know place and we want to know this stains we want to know if you have any like preliminary report and i was like uh let me ask my upper level <laughs> <So, laughs> put him on hold <laughs> and i asked her and she's like it's okay you just have to the preliminary report is this area and you you can check ask the, the like identification for the patient so you can access it and give him the right answers, right? And I was like, okay, okay. She was there, but it was super scary and funny at the same time. And when I look back, I'm like, oh my God, I overcame that. And it was really scary for me. It was a scary uh, new uh, situation that I was in, but it helped me a lot and uh, it keeps helping me.
0: I think every one of us who's is- we remember the first call uh, when we used <laughs> yes. residency. Um, wow, that's, uh, uh, that's nerve-wracking.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So do you think burnout is a real concern in pathology residency?
1: Yes, I think it's a real concern. And uh, I'm super glad, and I would say I'm super blessed that my program addresses this. Uh, but there are some rotations that are especially difficult or busier right um the amount of specimens the amount of things that we are expected to do in a day i mean we're human and we can only do a certain amount of time or things right in a day but it's real and like just imagining like having instead of one or two specimens coming like on a frozen day which is one of the most nerve-wracking parts of pathology because you have like a time limit you have 20 minutes to give the surgeon an answer so you need to cut you need to get ready you need to assess the specimen and then see it under the microscope read whatever it is and then communicate with the surgeon okay i I need the margins the margins are free the margins are good you need to do this so it's it's a nerve-wracking thing and that happens when it's one it's okay but then you have four two specimens coming at the same time and you you have to be in all these places assessing all these things at the same time. So that can like uh get you tired.
0: Can you injure yourself while you're doing these frozen sections?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely yes. So you also run the risk. I like it hasn't happened to me, but it has happened Nothing to would. some other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I try to be, and that's one of the things that my program also emphasizes. My upper levels of attendings are always like, take it under control, concentrate one step at a time as fast as you can without injuring yourself. Because it's really important to work well under pressure and to keep that control, even if we have that pressure on us.
0: So what do you think is the most underestimated skill that pathology candidates should all possess before they even start their PGY1 residency?
1: I think it's like conversation skills. (laughs) I really think
0: so. Exactly, opposite to what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks pathologists and radiologists are stuck in a room somewhere.
1: That is not true. Exactly. We're stuck in a room because we're interacting with other clinicians. And we are expected to know about these many other processes that are happening in, like, several different patients. So we got to know a lot of these things and interact with a lot of people. So conversation and communication skills
0: are key so most programs assign uh, residents their own each one of them their own advisors and i'm sure you have one as well what do you typically discuss with your advisor
1: well i have one assigned advisor but i feel the that i can probably ask most of the attendings that i feel close to any different questions uh with my assigned mentor we usually discuss things like how am I going to improve? What are my plans for the next six months? What do I want to achieve? Have I done my step three? Have I done, um, you know, a poster presentation, collaborating in some research? What are my works, you know, what I'm trying to work on? Do I have a subspecialty that I want to apply to? All of these things and uh, most like professional, right? And then I have my other like mentor, I would say like, attendings that i can go and be like oh doctor so and so so what do you think about this what you sh- what do you think that i should do in this situation and things like that right so more like a career professional slash emotional mentor mm-hmm. and it's great to have these person's available for you because they they help you grow in so many ways so um all of these things we discuss about and what do I want to achieve and what is the best way to do it
0: so you have the official advisor and then you have everybody else that is your (laughs) support there and yes exactly seems like you're in a really really good program I'm I'm really happy for you this is really awesome thank you now without naming names or being too specific what are some difficult personality traits that you've had to quickly adapt to and learn to communicate with right because it's easy for us to shift the blame and point fingers but when we do that three more kind of points back at us
1: yes exactly
0: so what do you say
1: oh probably coming back to this uh under pressure setting of frozen section so when you're a pgy1 you're expected to be slower than the rest of your peers who have more experience right so one time it happened to me that one attending was very busy, right? And probably frustrated at the amount of things that were coming. And I was handling two of the specimens. And then um, this person lashed out at me, I, like lashed out in, in a way that's saying, Oh, you should do this faster. You should do this better. And I was like, okay, I understand you're frustrated. But I'm not going to talk back and be like, you know, there's no point. I know this this person is under stressed, So I'm not going to add more stress. So I stopped for a moment and said, I would appreciate if you tell me what do you want me to do? What is the best next step? And this person was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: Took yeah. a deep breath and then told me, okay, flip it, ink it, measure it cut it this way and this is what I want. And I was like, okay, let me do that. I did it and then like move to the next one and be like, okay, what is the approach here? What is the best next step? Same thing, okay, ink it, flip it, measure it, do what you had to do. And then from that point onwards, I learned, okay, it's best to come forward and be like, how do you want to approach this? Because each specimen, each situation, it's different and uh it's approached different i guess so when you know what to expect and it's better you know you can work it out so that was the
0: situation that was the right way to deal with it the wrong way would have been i would appreciate you not raising your voice at me (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) and and the funny thing is like this person noticed what they did so afterwards like after like the long day uh, this person came and was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't have to say this way and I didn't have to act this way. And I, of course, appreciate it, you know, but sometimes we're in a position as trainees and we won't get that. I, I appreciate that this happened to me, but in some other places, this doesn't happen. So we are forced to learn, OK, what is the best way to adapt, approach and, and work in this kind of situations
0: good for you how does a pgy1 resident in pathology avoid getting in trouble or being placed on probation or worst case scenario not being promoted to a pgy2
1: oh i think that goes back to my essential skills ask questions always ask questions because you're you will be In a situation where you do not know how to handle a new specimen, sensitive information or sensitive amount of tissue that you have to deal with. So always ask questions, always approach your attending, always approach your upper level. Whoever you trust more and has more knowledge about this, ask questions about it. And then concentrate. Concentrate and take a deep breath before you start your day, even if you're under pressure, as I like mentioned before, take a deep breath and try to be the better person. <laughs> if you're encountering this situation, hopefully not, but try to be the better person and then study hard. I cannot emphasize that enough. There's so much knowledge and there's so little time. Four years is nothing to all the amount of things that we need to know. So study a lot and those are my key advices, my key places, key things to do.
0: My final question for you, now that you're transitioning to PGY2, have you and the program had the discussion of what the program's expectations are of you or generally of their PGY2s?
1: Yes, so in our like a uh, six months first meeting, we have this first, uh, so what, they evaluate two things. What, how have we done the first six months? And then what are they they're looking for in the second six months? And we have like a set of goals, ACGME accreditation, things that we need to go. And that's a very important thing that we need to get into our belts, uh, like under our belts, I think it's the right expression. So- The
0: milestones I believe is- Yes, yeah.
1: yes. So all the milestones, these are the, I I say bare minimum things that we need to have. So the amount of knowledge that you need to have, the dexterity of doing things, basic diagnosis, uh, knowing basic difference, histology patterns, normal histology patterns, recognizing. This this will sound very basic, but recognizing under the microscope how each organ looks, because it's all pink and and blue when you start so <laughs> that's not the thing <laughs> when you start it's like all pink and blue bubbles and you're like i have no idea what this is right so you're expected to at least know what are the basics what are the normal looking things right and then work onwards. um so they have this all the milestones that we need to and this is emphasized in each of our years and to all of our like PGY-1s, PGY-2s, PGY-3s, PGY-4s. They had this like six months of meetings where uh, we discuss how have we done and what are we going to work on to achieve these milestones.
0: Well, wonderful, Dr. Platero. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for your time last week. You're always welcome to co-host the Future Docs podcast with us on any topic that you find beneficial To our listeners, and as you advance through your four years of residency and and become a pathologist that we all want to follow. So again, thank you for your time and being here.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: And to our listeners, this concludes this Future Docs podcast episode. If you haven't done so already, please listen to the part one of this two-part interview with Dr. Platero. It was episode 57. If you're listening to this podcast, please be sure to watch the video form on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash acmedical.org and for questions or comments and you know any future ideas you have that you would like for us to cover, please email our producers directly at podcast.acmedical.org or visit us at acmedical.org. Again, thank you for your time, Dr. Platero, to all of our listeners, to all of our viewers, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you.